Hey, good morning on our podcast at Word of the Ranch and SoundCloud as well. Thank you guys for tuning in this morning. How's everybody doing? <laughs> all right, all right. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. I don't know if you noticed Samuel during worship when Clarissa was talking. You want the mic? You can have it next time. We'll rehearse. <laughs> but, he, but he saw her talking right here, and that's the first time he noticed the speaker because he was looking for her voice over there. And I kept, did you notice him doing this the whole time? He's caught on now, yeah. <laughs> that's a speaker. I know. It's interesting. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. Y'all doing good? Y'all look bright? Y'all look well? Isn't God good? He increases us more and more. We just keep winning, building, stronger and stronger. Good morning, Douglas. <laughs> we love you guys. Amen. That was nice worship. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We've been talking on our inheritance and our royalty package in the kingdom of God now that we've been grafted in. And I'd like to look at um, our authority today. It's part of our inheritance. And we got to know our authority. The devil don't want you to know your authority. First of all, he doesn't want you to know Jesus. He'll try to stop you from doing that. Once you get to know Jesus, he doesn't want you to know your inheritance, you know, what your rights and privileges are. And then he for sure doesn't want you to know your authority to keep your inheritance. So we got to train people in their authority to keep what's rightfully theirs. Amen? Amen. Say, I'm the healed. I'm the whole. I'm the victor. I have been prospered. And I ain't going to let the devil have it. Say it with me. I resist the devil. And he runs from me in terror. Amen. You're a blessing going somewhere to happen. A deliverer going somewhere to deliver. A healer going somewhere to heal. Amen. A victor going somewhere to win. Praise God forever. So let's look at, you know, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan is the God of this world. Not God, the Father. Doesn't that explain a lot? I, I heard it on a James Bond movie once. <laughs> the greatest trick the enemy's pulled is convincing people that he doesn't exist. Isn't that good? The devil doesn't want you to know he exists and he's in control of the world. But the Bible says he's blinded the eyes of those who believe not. So the whole world is blinded until they receive the light, Jesus Christ the man. Amen. The light of the world. So we got to know a little bit about our adversary, who we're fighting, who you're wrestling against. Because Paul says we wrestle not with flesh and blood. And that did me much good when I realized that. That I'm not wrestling with flesh and blood. I ain't wrestling with nobody. It's the devil. He's behind it all. And if we can take up our authority over him, we can change men for good. Amen forever. Once we deal with the devil. The thief, Jesus said, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything in this earth that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, you blame the devil, not man for it. <laughs> it's the thief who's behind it, Jesus said. Not God. Getting God's not the God of this world. Satan is. And I think it would do the world good to know that. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. That Satan's the God of this world. All those natural disasters that kill people. All those shark attacks that end up injuring people. All those reptiles that, you know, snakes that kill people. That's from the devil. Anything that comes to steal, kill, and destroy... Satan created. Yeah. Not God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, hurricanes were actually originally created by God to convert salt water from the ocean to water, to fresh water, to water the earth with. 
Satan twisted those too to kill people. Steal, kill, and destroy. But originally, hurricanes do that. They convert salt water to fresh water. To water the earth. I think he used those in the Garden of Eden. To water the garden with. God's a genius. Yeah. Amen. But wicked. That word wicker. Sorry, that word wicked is where wicker comes from. It means to twine and twist. You know, that's what the devil does. He twists the truth on you. Amen. <laughs> Tries to twist things. We'll see that in Jesus's when he started out. The devil came to him and tried to twist the word, which was Jesus himself made flesh. Hard to twist the word on the word. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's go there. Our authority. Let's start in the book of the beginnings. If you have your Bible, just wave it. Make the devil mad. Amen. Genesis 1, 26 is where we first hear about our authority. Why we were created. It makes sense to go back to the book of the beginnings to find out why we're here, right? <laughs> so Genesis 1.26 said, and this is God's account of creation, we see here that God spoke ten times and things were. God said, it was. Ten times the Bible gives us account. The book of the beginnings. Amen? So that he really wants us to know that everything we see was spoken into existence. It was a big bang. It was spoken. Right. <laughs> Amen? God's a big God. <laughs> but he spoke everything into existence. And then we see here in verse 26, God created all this beauty, all the earth, all this majesty, perfection, the Garden of Eden as well, and then finally he created man for it. That's his original creation. His original tent is for you to live in paradise, to have the best of what he has to offer. Amen. So in verse 26 we see, Then God said, he spoke, Let us... You see that us there? Let us make man in our image. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three working together in one. So he said, let us make man in our image. Plural. So you're just as much God, you're just as much Son, and you're just as much Holy Ghost. you got all three in you. Made in the same exact image of them. Amen. Man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. So here's why God created man. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I've said it before, you have authority over creeps as well. Amen. All, all the ladies, all the single ladies, all, you got authority over creeps. Amen. We have authority. God gave you dominion. He created the earth and then put you in charge of it. He said, here you go, son. Here you go, Eve. Run things. Bye. <laughs> and gave you his authority on the earth. Now you and me have dominion on the earth. Not God, not Satan. Their spirits, your man. God transferred his authority to man on the earth. So what you say goes. Not what the devil says. Not what God says. What you say goes. He transferred his dominion and authority to you. And puts you in charge of this earth. Anything that's bad down here, it's our fault. It ain't God's fault. Amen. We have dominion. We have authority. That's responsibility. Amen. But you've been chosen before the world was ever created. You were preordained and equipped with all God is to run it with. Perfection. Amen. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Same. That's 
There's no marriage in heaven. I talked to Clarissa about that the other day. God's not married up there. Amen. There's no marriage in heaven, the Bible says. And there's neither male nor female. We're all one in Him. Adam actually means mankind. When you see that word Adam and Eve, it means mankind. Male and female. All one in Him. And Jesus ain't married either, even though He's a man in heaven. Why not? We're His bride and we're still down here. Amen. What is it going to look like in heaven? Praise God forever. Just serving one another. Serving Him. Like we do down here. This is just the prodigy of heaven, the earth. So praise God. The first thing God did, get this verse, after He created man, verse 28, then God blessed them. Right after man was created, He blessed them. The first words Adam and Eve ever heard were verse 28. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. First words man ever heard, was the blessing. God commanded the blessing on Adam and Eve. Get that. And Adam's the only man who'll ever live without a belly button. <laughs> Think about that. Wasn't born of flesh and blood. Came from the earth. Came from God's spirit. God breathed into him the breath of life. Take a deep breath right now. As big as you can and breathe out as long as you can. God's still breathing. That's a big breath. He's the breath of life that breathes life into every man that enters the earth. What a big father. Amen. Yeah, but Adam didn't have a belly button. <laughs> Praise God. That's our first lesson on our authority. The book of the beginnings. <laughs> so let's move on to the New Testament, shall we? That's how God laid it out. Genesis 1.26, man have dominion, first words he ever heard, be blessed, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. How do you guys have so many kids? The blessing. Until you stop it, it's going to work for you. The blessing. And Proverbs 10.22 says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he has no sorrow with it, no painful toiling. It's good to be blessed. It's good to be under the blessing. See, the blessing's working for you when you sleep. When you're awake, the blessing works. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, tries putting pressure on you. I just put it right on the blessing. I put pressure on the blessing. It's the blessing that worketh. Amen? That's why Jesus died, Galatians says, to give us the blessing. Amen? To give us back, to give mankind back the blessing of God. We're under the blessing. Say, the blessing's working for me right now. You develop faith in the blessing. The first words man ever heard. Be blessed. Be fruitful. Multiply. Have dominion. Fill the earth. Amen. Now go with me to the book of Matthew, if you will. Oh, our authority. Praise God. God put us in charge on the earth. Matthew 16, and let's just start here in verse 13, Matthew 16, 13. Again, if you have your Bible, just wave it and make the devil mad. Say, I can have what my Bible says I can have, and I can do what it says I can do. Amen. 
Matthew 16.13 says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? See, that's what matters for every disciple of Christ. Who do you say that he is? Do you say he's your healer and physician? If you don't, he ain't. See, what you say goes on earth, remember? Do you say he's your provider and financier? He is. Do you say he's the head of your house? He is. You see, that takes the pressure off man. You ain't your family's provider or household's provider. See, God uses you to bless you, but God's your source. That did me much good. God can provide better than I can for my family. Teach my children to have faith in God. See, I'm going to leave this earth, but God is forever. He'll take care of you all the days of your life. Have faith in God. He's the head of this house. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. He's our provider. Amen. He's the Lord of our lives. He provides for every one of his children. Amen. And pray God, praise God, he uses me to do it as well. I get to get blessed, blessing my family. Amen. And others. We're blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Isn't it good to bless others? Doesn't it change you? Changes you into the same exact image and likeness. He is the blessing himself. So uh, again here in Matthew 16, but who do you say that I am? Verse 15. Verse 16 says, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. Remember, he was the zealous disciple. Also the guy who denied him three times. He was the first to say, You are the Christ. <laughs> See, God can use anyone. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Son of the Living God. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That was his confession of faith. Amen. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, empowered to prosper, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. He ain't building his church on man, just like he ain't building his church on me and you. He's building his church on the rock. That's the rock of the word. Christ, the cornerstone, not Peter. That's what he's saying here. Amen. He's building his church upon his word, the rock. Christ, the anointed one, the cornerstone. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, the gates of hell prevailed against Peter because he denied them, didn't he? So he didn't build his church on Peter. He built it on him. Christ, the anointed one, the rock. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That's why it's good to come to church. Because the gates of hell can't prevail against the church. They tried to shut down the church in 2020. We're still here. We met, we grew, all through it. Isn't God good? You can't shut down the church. Why? Because it says right here, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Therefore, we're here until we say so. Amen. And Hebrews, our verse for this ministry, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together, especially as you see the day approaching, that you may exhort, edify, and uplift and encourage one another. So don't forsake yourselves. The devil's always, always after lone sheep to isolate themselves and don't go to church no more. That's how it was for me when I stopped going. I got eaten. <laughs> I got devoured. Got right back in the Word. 
where was I? <laughs> life. Got back in church. My life was fixed. Put on track again. Amen. Blessings started pouring in. Don't leave church. Don't leave the Word. Church is built on the Word. Amen. Any church that's not built on the Word will crumble and fall. Have you seen that? More than ever in the last two years? Churches folding up. They weren't built on the Word. They weren't doers of the Word. Got to be built on the firm foundation. Every decision we make as a church, this is our decision. Is the Bible. Amen. If it ain't in here, we got no no reason to stand on anything. This is our rock. It's a firm foundation. Every choice we make as a church should come from a decision through the word of the living God. Amen. That's why we have this. Verse 19 says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. This is to the church, not Peter. This is to the church now. I will give you, church, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Say, I got the keys. <laughs> I got the foreman's keys. <laughs> Say, I got the carpenter's keys. They're in my pocket now. See, you have the keys of the kingdom. Jesus gave them to you. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound, I like, by heaven. Will be bound by heaven. Heaven backs you up. Again, you have authority. You call the shots, Jesus says, I got all heaven assisting you. Amen. Many people don't do anything because they don't do anything. <laughs> if you do something, heaven will assist you. So just start. Go do. Go do what the Word says. Heaven backs you up. I'm waiting on God. No, He's waiting on you. Go do something. He said, go ye into all the earth. All the world, He said. Not even earth, the world. That's the Babylonian system. That's Satan's land, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, He said that over 2,000 years ago. How many times do we have to hear it? He already said, go. I'm waiting on God. No, He's waiting on you. He already said go. So go. I don't know what job to get. Just go get a job. God will back you up. Just go. Start moving. God will move with you. See, it's not all on God. It's mezzo, mezzo. 50-50. We do our part, He does His. We move, He moves. He moves, we move. It's a dance. Whose turn is it? Some people are related to a chess game. Whose move is it? Is it yours or God's? What's my move? <laughs> Lord, show me. And he's faithful to show you your move. And then he's faithful to do his. And then you just keep moving hand in hand together. It's a perfect dance. Perfect symmetry. One with your father. Let him lead. Don't get ahead of your leader. Any you ever seen Dances with the Stars? Those partners who get a, ahead of the experts? We have clients from Dances with the Stars. You get ahead of your your partner who's trained their whole lives? Oh, it ruins everything. Now the music sounds off, everything's off. Don't get ahead of them. Just let them lead. Amen. They'll lead you into all truth. But we should definitely follow. If we don't follow, we're out of turn. Delayed obedience really isn't obedience at all. God says, give me a give a hundred dollars to this person, and I wait. Well, my harvest is going to lag too. Because my seed lags. Amen. I've had that happen. Where's my harvest? Remember then? Remember that? How I kept trying to tell you so, 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 and you did it? Now your harvest is delayed. Don't make that mistake again. Check. Okay. 
Delayed obedience isn't obedience at all. It may be his move. Maybe your move. But it's up to you to find out. What do you know to do? Just go do it. And keep doing it. And keep doing it. And don't quit. And God's right there helping you through. Amen? Isn't it amazing, his supernatural stamina, his staying power, his strength, that you don't have to do it in your own strength? See, if you run ahead of the leader, you will do it in your own strength. And then his yoke is it's not even his yoke. That's why it's hard. But his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So when you're moving with God, it should be free-flowing. This is easy. Amen? It's easy doing this. It's easy coming to church. It just flows. Amen? If it's hard, you're probably out of his will. If it's strenuous, that's toiling. That's under the curse. And you've been redeemed from the curse of toiling. You don't have to make a living. Just make a good giving and God will take care of your living. Amen. That's how we live. We live to give. And we live from what we give. This whole system set up in seed time and harvest. Amen. Praise God forever. So you have the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. They're already available to you. You have them according to God. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I said that one time Sophie was coughing in the car. And I don't know if she had some poison and we were on the top of Laguna, top of the hill there. And I just said, I, we prayed on her, laid our hands on her. And I loosed this in the name of Jesus. And something, she coughed something up. It was loosed from her body. Now Clarissa corrected me. To loose means to allow. But I didn't know that. And God honored my ignorance. <laughs> Standing on this word. I said, I loose this, which means to just separate that from her body. It's like she coughed up a hairball or something. Just came right out. And that settled it. In one instance. <laughs> we both have different memories. She has a fuller brain. I think I did more drugs in high school. But <laughs> but I remember that story and the example of this. It was a clear example to me. What I loose on earth will be loosed by heaven. And what I bind on earth shall be bound by heaven. You don't have to get all technical for the word to work. Just work the word and God will meet you there. Amen? If you're faithful to stand on it, he'll make it happen. He's the performer of Elix on the heart. That's true. Amen. He's the performer and perfecter of his word. So I bind Satan in the name of Jesus. Get off my body. You have a health attack. Satan, I bind you in Jesus' name. Cease in your maneuvers. Angels go to work and bind the devil on your behalf. Spirit of infirmity. I speak to you. I bind you in the name of Jesus, and I loose healing from heaven. Whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. Jesus told you. These are the keys of the kingdom. These are the keys of your authority. I've told this story before. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend. <laughs> BC, that's before Clarissa. <laughs> she was Irish. She had a temper. <laughs> I dated her for five years. And we went to a movie, and I was just learning my authority. I picked up the, the Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin. First time I read through that book. And the Lord was really teaching me through these scriptures today. The authority, your authority, as a believer. And she snapped at me in that movie theater. Just got mad and angry, out of, just out of nowhere. And I just said, would you excuse me? And I went down to the restroom and rebuked all hell in that bathroom. I said, I bind you, you spirit of anger. Shut up, you can't touch me. And get away from her as well. And I went back to that movie, and it was like nothing had ever happened. 
She had no idea what happened. But the Lord clearly showed me that day that you don't wrestle with flesh and blood. I'm not wrestling with my wife. I'm not wrestling. If you have spousal issues, it ain't them. It's Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the divider. And he's also called the accuser of the brethren. That goes for sister and two. Look at her. She don't do this for you. She don't do that. She don't do that. That's the accuser trying to meddle. Let no man separate what God has put together. Amen. He's the accuser of the brethren and sistren. But we wrestle not with flesh and blood. We wrestle with principalities, as we'll read in Ephesians 6. You know, who we wrestle with. Even Jacob wrestled with an angel. That was a demonstration of his authority. Who you're wrestling with is in the spiritual realm, not in the natural. See, if you take dominion over the spiritual realm, the natural realm will line up. If you take authority in the spiritual realm over your finances, your finances will get in line. If you take authority in the spiritual realm over your body, your health, your healing, health and healing will line up in your flesh. Most chronic conditions are a devil at work. He's the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I had a chronic illness for a year and a half. And the doctor I saw, the Christian doctor, who really was a pastor at the time, he dealt with the devil. And that brought about my healing. See, Christians can't be possessed because they got the Holy Ghost in them. But they can sure be afflicted. Anyone seen that? That's the devil at work. You have to take up your keys of the kingdom and bind Satan off your life. Satan, I bind you now in the name of Jesus. It's the benefit of a pastor who speaks the word over you. Satan's bound over you. Amen. You have authority over him. He was an angel. His name was Lucifer, which actually translated means morning star. Guess whose other name is morning star? The bright morning star, actually, is Jesus' name. Think there was some jealousy going on there? fell from grace, fell from his position. He was in charge of the worship and the music in heaven, Lucifer. <laughs> fell from grace. Had to cleanse the instruments of heaven with his own blood, Jesus did. Hmm. Bright morning star. Hmm. Okay, we'll just leave that there. <laughs> and get back to the scriptures. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound by heaven. You have an entourage with you. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Praise God forever. You have authority over the devil who is a spirit. That's my point. He was created to be your servant. Lucifer was an, an angel. An archangel even. But he was created to serve man. Hebrews tells us that angels were created to minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation. So you have authority over them. You tell them what to do, right? Tell the devil what to do. You resist the devil and he will run from you in terror. You have authority over the devil, which means you have authority over every sickness, over every disease, over all poverty, over all lack, over anything the devil has ever created, over sharks, over hurricanes, over tornadoes, anything he's twisted in his wicker, wicked ways, you have authority over to put straight. Amen. We speak to tornadoes. We speak to hurricanes. You ain't coming down here. Stories over and over again of Christians using their authority. And they just right by, Hurricane Katrina goes right past their house. 
Amen. That's your authority. When we didn't have a covering, we rebuked rain for two years. We only rained twice. We met inside. In two years. Then when the covering was up, we didn't have to take authority over the weather. Here we are. I can use my faith for something else. You only need faith for what you don't have. Not what you do have. Amen. So what do you want? That's what you put your faith on. Your faith on. You stick it like a bulldog. Put your faith on it like a bulldog. Have bulldog tenacity. Don't quit. Don't let go until it comes to pass. Amen. If you don't quit, you win. If you get back up, you win. The devil loses. He's a fallen servant. You're his master. Which means you have authority and mastery over anything that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You do. Say me. Say I'm in charge here. I'm in charge here. Amen forever. Is someone getting something from this? Yes. All right, go with me to, to Matthew 11 real fast. I skipped this one. Matthew 11, 7. Ooh, glory. Say, I'm healed. I'm healed. It's good to be well. It's good to have authority over sickness. And disease. Amen. As they departed, Matthew eleven seven, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, say assuredly. I say to you, say me, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But, say but, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. You're greater than John the Baptist because you're A.D., not B.C. He was B.C. Now the kingdom of God is in you. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is in you now. And it's your Father's good pleasure to give it to you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, these men in the Old Testament, before Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection, did not have the Spirit of God living in them. Me and you do. We're His temple now. The Spirit just merely came upon them, and then departed. Came upon them, then left. Came upon them. He's permanent. He's in you now, which means the healer's in your body right now. The physician lives inside of you. Amen. You need to call a physician, he's taking up residence inside of you. That's where he can be found. And his office hours, he never closes. <laughs> you can talk to him 24-7 a day. <laughs> All day, every day. Amen forever. But the kingdom's in you now. So Jesus says you're greater than John the Baptist. Because the kingdom's in you. But he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Do you take your kingdom by force? Or do you just settle for what the devil and his kingdom give you? Which kingdom are you taking? By force. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. 
Say this with me. This was prophesied over me with the laying on the hands from a prophet long ago. Say this with me. I am a violent, forceful taking prophet of the Most High God. What I say goes. Amen. That's you. You forcibly take things from heaven because the devil don't want you to have them. God does, but you have an adversary. You outlast him, you win. You get what you want. Amen. That's his famous trick he always uses is time to defeat the saints. When really, it's time who's going to defeat him. He has a limit. You're unlimited. You live forever. He has a life expectancy. You're over him. Again, he was created to be your servant. For all the prophets and all the law prophesied until John. Let's just stop there at verse 12 to get the point. And verse, uh, we already went to Matthew 16. Let's go to Luke now, in the book of Luke, the physician. Luke 4, if you will. Praise God. Luke 4, 1. This is Jesus. Everyone knows that scripture? You resist the devil and he'll run from you, or flee from you, which really is run from you as if in terror. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. What? <laughs> Stop. You cannot live as a Christian on earth without being filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot live like Jesus on earth and be called Christian, little Christ, without doing what he did. He received the Holy Spirit. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you were saved? Paul asked that question through the book of Acts. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you were saved? On nine accounts. Separates the baptism in the name of Jesus, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the baptism in the Holy Ghost. You can't live a victorious Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you want more of heaven, just raise your hand. I do. I want more of heaven every day. And the Holy Spirit's accessible on earth as long as you're here. He's down here with you. And Paul says in Ephesians, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a constant drinking in of His power. Just like Jesus. You can't do the works Jesus did without the Holy Ghost. You can't live a victorious Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see here Jesus being filled. Filled. Filled up. That's overflow. All the way up. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Returned from the Jordan and was led by who? The Spirit whom he was filled with. Into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Jesus' intent was to go to the wilderness to pray, to get alone, like he always did. But the devil met him after being filled with the Holy Ghost. You can't take down the devil without the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was first filled before he dealt with the devil. For 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. He fasted for 40 days, 40 nights. There's a pastor up in Reading. <laughs> What's his name? Bethel? Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson, yeah. I love this story about him, though. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And Tommy, who went to the school there, my sister's husband, told me that for 40 days and 40 nights, he bought a cookbook every day. <laughs> I love that story. He couldn't eat, so he just looked at those pictures. Bought a new cookbook every day for 40 days. I thought that was funny. <laughs> but Jesus is here without cookbooks. 
and he's forced into fasting 40 days and 40 nights eating nothing. And afterward, go figure. <laughs> when you're weak, when you feel, <laughs> when you're tired, <laughs> when you're frustrated, then the devil shows up. <laughs> right? He knows when you're weak. So you got to prepare. <laughs> and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, now this is starvation mode. After a certain period, you, you lose your appetite for hunger. But he said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Tempted him where he, his area of need at the time, right? He was hungry. Command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him. So the first question he asked to Jesus, the son of the living God, the word became flesh, is if. How many times does he bring if to you? I always tell him, there's no if in faith, just it. You're done, I win. Faith is now. This is the victory that overcomes you in the world, my faith. Beat it. Chase him off. If you resist him, the Bible promises you, he will run from you in terror. If you resist him. See, a lot of Christians don't resist and just let sickness in. They let poverty in. They let their family go nuts. They don't take up their authority. Maybe they were never taught their authority. But this is where Jesus taught everywhere he went. He taught men how to hold their authority. This was his number one message. Teaching his disciples how to live like him. How to hold their authority and, and live in it and work it. So he said, but Jesus answering said, it is written. He didn't, um, <laughs> didn't wait on God. What, I, what should I say? Didn't pray in tongues. What should I say here? He said, it is written. He had the word in him. It's got to be in you to come out of you in your time of need. And if it ain't, the devil's got you. you got to get him right at the door, right? Right? You let him in the back seat, it's not long until he makes his way to the front seat and wants to drive. you got to get him at the door. Crucify him at the, at the door, amen? Before he comes in. He said, it is written, quoted the word, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Spoke the word in his time of temptation and need. Spoke the word. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, the world, in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you. Why do you even have a right to that? Because Adam and Eve gave him their authority. So he took it and ran with it. Now we see the Babylonian system. Which is nuts. Just watch CNN for two minutes. Don't watch any longer than that. But you can check it out for yourself. It's nuts. That's his system he's in charge of. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you in their glory, for this has been delivered to me. From who? Man. Man. Adam and Eve gave Satan their authority. And I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Well, except salvation, except peace, except joy, except love, except all the fruits of the Spirit and heaven in addition. That's a lie. <laughs> he is the father of lies. He means all he had will be yours. You don't have much. Money makes a lousy God, by the way. Money leads you. God never will. Don't serve money. Serve God. Amen. It pays to serve God. Amen. 
Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Ooh, that's pretty, pretty forceful here. This is an exclamation point. Get behind me, Satan. Said that to Peter too. No, he didn't say that to Peter. He said that to Satan, who was influencing Peter. Amen. Get behind me, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Second temptation defeated him with the word. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw, down, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. Satan's quoting the word now. And he's a fallen angel. And he's talking about angels. Go figure. The devil knows the Bible. I ran into a possessed woman, possessed girl, I should say, in her 20s, right in front of Barnes & Noble here in Elisa Vieira one day. And she had all her tarot cards out, right in front of Barnes & Noble. And I went up to her because I was evangelizing. I said, do you live in the area? Kind of. <laughs> Loud, screechy voice. You go to church? Didn't answer. Blah, 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 and just started quoting three books of John to me. The devil quoted that through her. The devil knows the word. He used it against Jesus. But it's the word you know that sets you free. Can't live the word. He's fallen. He don't know it. You should know it. That's how you defeat him. With the word you know. Do you know the word? Do you know the word today on your authority? I hope you will. You defeat him with it. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. So the devil here quoted the word, it is written. He caught on. Because Jesus responded with the word. Now he's using it against us. He shall give his angels. Isn't that like the devil to pull one scripture out? Hey, you have an affirmity. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. You should have stomach ulcers. Isn't that just like the devil? To pull one scripture out of context and feed it to you. Twist it. Wicker. Wicked. Twist the truth. Just like Satan. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, it has been said, spoken, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Can use the word. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him for an opportune time. I got good news. He never found it. Jesus licked the devil. Hook, line, and sinker them. Defeated them for me and you. Never again found an opportune time to tempt Jesus. Why? Because he had the word in him. It was his custom to be in the synagogue every Sunday, Luke says. He fed himself the word and fed on the word for an opportune time to die for us. Feasted on it. The word was in him. The devil never again found an opportune time to tempt him. He was so filled with the Word and the Spirit. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. In the power of the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit. Now stay here and loop with me and flip a couple pages to Luke 10, and we're wrapping up. Luke 10. If you really want you to know your authority, just dwell in the book of Ephesians. 
Just get that James Earl Jones reads the Bible audio book and have it play over you time and time again. And you'll just grasp your authority. Paul knew it. That's why the devil couldn't kill him. You should know it too. Luke 10. Praise God forever. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. We'll start in verse 17 here, Luke 10, 17. Then the 70, he was up to 70 disciples now, not just 12. Then he got up to 120, that Jesus met their every need for three and a half years. Then the 70 returned with joy. Say with joy. It always pays to serve Christ. You'll have joy in your life. Saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So they came back. This is before his death, burial, and resurrection. Before he sent the Holy Spirit into man. Again, the Holy Spirit was just upon these disciples for service. His anointing came on them. Not in them. But it's in you. And it's the anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage. When you show up, deliverance should happen. When you show up, bondage breakers should be broken down. Chains should be broken. Just from you being on the scene. A carrier of His presence. A carrier of the anointing and a carrier of the Word. Atmospheres change. And if you stay there long enough, you can watch the atmosphere change around you. See it all the time. Now there's peace here. Just stay till the devil leaves. Don't get anxious, just stand. Having an honest hand, stand. Amen. We're atmosphere changers. Things change just because you're there and carry the kingdom with you. They returned with joy saying, Lord, even the, dev the devils, the devils, the demons, are subject to us in your name. Say, I'm in his name. And his name's in me. And you got much more than they have. They just have the name. Now you got the spirit. Same spirit he had. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Has anyone watched lightning fall from heaven before? It's not casual. <laughs> it's fierce. That's how fast Satan was cast out of heaven. By Michael the archangel, who does Jesus' I won't say dirty work, but <laughs> familiar business. <laughs> He's the archangel in charge of the armies of heaven. Michael the archangel. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority. Say me. me. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, a type and shadow of the enemy, and over all the power. That word power there is actually mistranslated. It's ability. Jesus stripped him of his power. All he has now are lying vanities. Fake power. False power. You know, it says in the last days he'll go around doing fake miracles. Woo, look over here. Look over here. They don't have substance. They're not real. They're just lies. Lying vanities. But he said, I give to you over all the ability of the enemy. I give you power over all the ability of the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And nothing, say nothing, nothing. shall by any means hurt you. That's your promise. That's the promise I speak over you, the promise I speak over us and our children. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. If you have to get one verse in your heart in the entire Bible, Get this. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. That will eradicate fear from your life to go do what Jesus called you to do. 
it will eradicate fear. You don't have to be afraid of accidents, someone shooting you with a gun. Weapons may be formed, guns may be pulled, but it shall not prosper, this, the scripture says. Try to shoot Terry Mice six times in the chest in Mexico, five times in the chest in Mexico. Bullet couldn't hit him. Mordecai Hand would have led Billy Granville, Lord. Bullets, rocks. It's like a force field was upon him. They couldn't touch him. You're protected. But you got to get it inside of you to live it. Amen? Say it with me again. Nothing, Nothing. shall by any means hurt me. That's every area of your life. Will never be in an accident. Nothing. We've been in an accident before. It did by no means hurt us. We're still here. COVID couldn't kill you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. What a great scripture for today. Again, if there's one verse in the Bible you need to meditate and get in you, it's this one. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. If you know that, you won't live just like Jesus. Victory. Fearless. Wherever he went. They could not kill that man. Jesus. The man on earth. They tried throwing him off cliffs many times. Said he just simply passed through the midst of them. You got invisible mode on you too. Invisible mode activated. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. You know, you're in an adverse circumstance. No, this weapon will not, by no means hurt me. It will not prevail. I'm the victor here, taping it under my feet. You trample upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the ability of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Our last verse of scripture in Ephesians 6 here, if you'll turn there with me. Ephesians chapter 6. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, General Electric Power Company, <laughs> GEPC, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Say it with me. Galatians, Philippians, Colossians, GEPC, General Electric Power Company. You should know where to turn in your Bible. Satan does. You got to use it against them. This is your weapon of warfare. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. You don't have to live in fear when you're living in the Word. Finally, Ephesians 6.10, Paul the Apostle, arguably the greatest Christian who ever lived. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That word there is really power. Dunamis where we get our word dynamite from. And in the power, the dynamite power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. So, how are you strong in the Lord and the power of his might? Paul gives us how to do it. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the only tricks and tactics the devil has. Against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, therefore take up the whole armor. Say whole armor. Whole armor. Don't leave a piece off. 
If God's going to freely give you His armor, put it on. Amen? It's His armor. When Satan looks at you, he sees God. It's God's armor you're clothed in, not man's. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. What's the evil day? The day Satan's alive, which is now. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth. This is the only way to stand in the world on earth. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. What's the truth? The word. Notice all the armor is equipped through the word. It's not something you just put on by faith in the mirror. <laughs> you ever seen those posters, the armor of God? Put on my helmet, put on my bus plate. No, just get in the word and the armor will come on you. Amen. Everyone seen Iron Man? It's like that little machine, you know, it'll just put it on you. It'll just come on you naturally, just by being in the Word. Have you noticed? The mornings you're in the Word and the mornings you're not? How's your day? <laughs> the day's so much better when I'm clothed in God's armor, ain't it? Than just mine. I think I got clothed. No, if I wasn't in the Word, I'm not clothed today. Amen? Naked, just like Adam and Eve before him. No armor. No Word. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, that's the word of God, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, you're now the permanent righteousness of God in Christ. You need to tell yourself that, because the devil's going to try to condemn you and lie to you. You're worthless. You're unworthy. You should kill yourself. That's the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You need to say with your own lips, no, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I live forever, you die, and I'm going to be the one putting you to death. <laughs> I'm going to be watching you burn. You wrestle not with flesh and blood. Those thoughts are from the enemy, the wicked one. You need to take authority over them. Amen? Don't allow yourself to be berated from a worthless servant. Take authority over them. Use your authority. Come against him. Put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's the word of God. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The shield of faith that covers you is equipped through the word of God. In which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts. I like thoughts there. All the fiery thoughts of the wicked one. All of them. Not one thought left out. I'm poor. I'm sick. No. No. Shield of faith's up. Bible says, the word says, I'm rich, I'm prospered, I'm healed. Quench those fiery darts. And take the helmet of salvation. Put on your helmet. And sometimes you've got to make sure to tighten your chin strap. <laughs> Anyone been in war? <laughs> Denise? <laughs> got a major here. Got a major. <laughs> you got to tighten your chin strap, right? Because the devil's trying to knock off your helmet and tell you ain't saved. That praying his tongue business, that don't work. Look what you did 20 years ago. <laughs> That's why Paul said, I forget those things that are behind, so that I may live for Christ. Amen. Moses killed someone. Paul killed someone. But Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Murderers turned into lifesavers. He who's forgiven much, loves much. What about you? You've been forgiven much? The more you're forgiven, you're usually the biggest lover. 
Those who come off the streets and are born again and radically saved, man, those guys are lovers. They become so loyal. They're lovers. Because they've been forgiven so much. I like what Jesse DePlanis says, everyone sinned. And if you didn't enjoy it, you didn't weren't you weren't doing it right. <laughs> but the wages of sin is that. It has wages attached to it. We take up our authority over it. Paul said, sin shall have no dominion over you. You're over it. Amen forever. So make sure your chin shaft's tightened. I'm saved. No, I'm saved. You're not saved. I'm saved. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I know who I am. <laughs> and the sword of the Spirit. Sword is the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. Everything else is defensive. But the sword is your weapon. The sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. That's the same sword Jesus used in the wilderness to defeat the devil. Never returned again. It's the same sword me and you have. Speak the, just speak the Word. It is written by His stripes, I was healed. Through his poverty, I was made rich. I'm saved. When I die, I'm going to heaven. I have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. My mind is fixed on him who keeps me in perfect peace. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. As he is, so am I in this world. Scriptures equip you with the whole armor of God for every battle, every victory. Amen. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the cliff note here, verse 18, praying always in the Spirit. That's in the gift of other tongues. Praying always in the Spirit. It keeps the armor intact throughout your whole day. Praying in the Spirit. And then he says they're being watchful. Praying in the Spirit helps you see the enemy. Helps you show you things to come. Helps you be prepared for what's to come. If he hasn't shown you anything, <laughs> just prepare for what he's shown you. Yes, sir? I don't waste my time preparing for something that's never going to happen. Neither should you. Has he shown you that? Or has someone said that to you? Are you going to be left here during the rapture? Who told you that? What has God shown you? It's the Holy Ghost's job to show you things to come. If you don't show me it, if you don't show me it, I don't worry about it. He's the Spirit of Truth. He's the one that's in you that leads you into all truth. Are you wasting your time? Or are you spirit-led? What did God tell you? What did the Holy Ghost encourage you to do? How has He led you to prepare? Usually He leads me into all truth, the Scripture, to prepare. Because it's the Word that wins. The Word is the victory. The Word is the sword of the Spirit. And I pray always, all throughout my day and other times. What a blessed gift 
I can pray on the job, off the job, changing the baby while the baby's awake, 3.30 a.m., while I'm asleep, praying in other times because my spirit prays. My spirit's always awake. So is yours. Just your body and mind that need rest. <laughs> Amen. Praying in other tongues keeps you equipped with the full armor of God and helps you see things to come. Amen forever. Did someone get something from this message? Amen. Say, I'm equipped. I'm clothed in the armor of God. God's armor's on me. Because I take time in Him. And in His Word. Notice that all the defensive armor pieces are for your front side. There ain't nothing for your back. Why is that? Because I got your back. And you should have the back of someone sitting next to you. We're always advancing. We're always moving forward. But we're in the army of Christ. Whose back do you have? You've got to keep them covered. All the armor's for the front. But someone's for the back watch over you. Don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together, especially as you see the day approaching. Has anyone agreed that warfare has intensified? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's got your back? You got your faith buddy? You got a faith friend who will always agree with you? Always pray for you? Amen. Whose back do you have? We're made for each other. We're in the army of Christ. That Roman army just used to be huddled together, moving in ranks with those shields that became one. No darts could slip through the cracks. I got your back. You got mine. Amen. Don't isolate. <laughs> we love you guys. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Isn't God good? Yes. If you want to continue in your authority, just keep reading Ephesians. And you can buy that book on Amazon, The Believer's Authority. Sold over a million by now, for sure. What a classic on your authority. Quick little read. Devil doesn't want you to know your authority. If he can steal your authority, he can steal your goods. He can steal your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the authority that's been grafted inside of us. That the Holy Spirit came to give us. That you delegated to man. We give you all the praises, all the glory for operating in it, equipping us to walk steadily in it, fearless, totally equipped with the armor of God, the living word, fit for any battle the devil would try to throw our way through the word of the living God. Help us see and realize like never before that we wrestle not with flesh and blood but against invisible forces of darkness in which you strip them from all power and all they have now are lies. Help us guard our minds with truth to overcome the lies of the wicked ones. Thank you for your truth that sets us free. We quench every fiery dart of the enemy through the living word of God. It is written. It is written. Thank you for your word. Bless you, Father. Father, we honor you with offerings. Thank you 
for the first fruits of all our increase. Thank you for ministering seed to the sower and bread for food. Thank you for every blessing on earth as it is in heaven. So be it here on earth in every life and every family represented. Thank you for the authority you've given men and women to protect their families with, to protect their nation with, their country, their business, wherever they go, wherever they're called, you call them to walk in their authority, change things, and make things happen for the kingdom. Thank you for using us and equipping us with everything we need to please you. We love you. We bless you. And we thank you that we can dwell together in unity, in the faith. One mind, one spirit, one father, one family. Thank you. Help us spread the family. Help us gain brothers and sisters and bring them into it. It's a good family to be a part of. Thank you for the solid core of a family unit in which your heart lives. The kingdom was meant to spring out of. Give you praises for extending our family on earth. Thank you, Lord, for bringing them to us. We rejoice for new daughters, new sons, new brothers, new sisters, new aunts, new uncles. Thank you for them. You died for them. Just like you did for us. Help us not judge or condemn, but save. Help us save as many as we can. Thank you for them. We secure their salvation. Anyone you've placed in us, I secure their salvation. I pray over them. I plead the blood over them. I call them born again. I call them blessed. I call them prosperous. They're rich in you. Thank you. We call it done, for it is written. All men should be saved. We love you. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. If anyone would like to be filled with the Holy Ghost, or healing, or hands laid on them, it says the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and if they've committed any sin, it shall be forgiven them. Just come on up, and we'll knock it out together. Amen. I'll be here too. God is so good. We love you guys. Have a blessed week. Ooh, I'm going to hear some praise and testimonies after this. <laughs> Amen. Bless you guys. All right. Bye for now. See you online.